sit back and relax while you listen to the Train Kickers podcast. I'm Dave, and with a few guests today, we plan to go all over the world of Marvel Crisis Protocol. On this episode, we're going to discuss some news, games, and then on the main segment, we're going to discuss who everyone else is that you haven't heard from before, and their ventures getting into this particular hobby. Now, on to the show. Hey guys, how's everyone doing tonight? Nice, nice yeah, Monday. We're doing all right. Well, thank you. Pretty quiet. Yeah. First, first day of the week. It can't be too bad yet. Not yet. Oh, you'd mm. be surprised. Oh yeah. <laughs> I like to start uh, low and slow in the beginning. You know. I'd like to. I just realized all the work that I didn't do over the weekend or half of last week. And how I don't have enough time today to have done it. So I'm doing this instead. So don't tell my students. But Don't worry, your, your secret's safe with us. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure uh, yeah. nobody else will ever hear of this. Oh, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. There, there's, there, there's some people starting to listen, which is nice. I'm starting to advertise it out. Right now it's all gamers. I doubt any students ever would. Although I think I mentioned it once in my classes. But my students have no idea the things I do. Unlike my other um, my co-host, Dan, who he's, he's a great school teacher. And he has during like when they have their like HESPA exams and things like that, he has brought in models to paint. So he sat there in front of his class painting, you know, all of that. So a little bit of a different thing. But um, I would have, uh, I would have liked to have uh, like nerdy uh, teachers when I was growing up. I feel like none of them were. Um, growing up, I definitely had a teacher who, while we were taking an exam was fiddling with a magic deck. <laughs> Really? <laughs> That's great. Uh, a couple of us would actually stay after school and play magic in his classroom. On occasion, he would join in. Yeah, yeah I did. Oh, yeah. And one of those teachers, too. Like, toward, towards towards the end of high school. You guys all lucked out. Yeah, I didn't have anything like that. I've, I have more faculty, I know, at the college who are the same sort of way than, you know, when I was a student. I don't think I knew anyone that did. Or if they did, they hit it very well. So, so let's go into a little bit of introduction so people know who they're they're here and here. So if you just, you know, say your name, if you want to give any um, online handle that you use or anything like that, feel free. But Well, alrighty. Mm-hmm. Uh, hi, hi, I'm uh, I'm Howard. I, I usually go by Duck of Doom online. That's uh that's that's it for me. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm Mike. Uh, I go by the Nerd Cop. Uh, I did stream at one point, but I haven't done that in a while. Um, but yeah, you can mostly find me online, Nerd Cop, the Nerd Cop, some form of that. <laughs> All right. Last uh, hello. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Ray on the RSG Discord. I'm known as the Enrabler, or by managerial demand, the Enrabler. And <laughs> pretty much everywhere else, including Twitch and other social medias, I would be known as Hero Katra. All right. Very cool. All right. So why don't we um we'll start with uh we'll we'll get into shortly a little bit of you know discussing some more details of everyone all, but why don't we start with maybe just a little bit of uh hobby. So has anyone actually I know I haven't really done much between this and the last recording I did. So has anyone actually been uh more productive than me? Someone has to have been. Oh, I mean I've uh <laughs> yeah, I've I've totally been working on mm-hmm. things. Uh I I uh I don't know if you saw I posted um in the uh in the RSG Discord about mm-hmm. um 
my Hydra conversions for Captain America. I made a little green stuff, uh, Hydra symbol, uh, which was ridiculously difficult. Uh, (laughs) At least for me, I'm not very proficient with all the uh, non-painting things that go into hobbying. What um, you're talking about, all of us seem to think that that looked phenomenal. It did. I think it came out <laughs> really you. nice. Is it the tentacles that are the problem? Just the uh, like getting a small little nice movement to them? Or? Yeah, so uh, what I did was I spent uh, the night just rolling very, very small bits of green stuff and then letting it cure overnight. And then I came back to it and I tried to like form it. Um, mm-hmm. And I I'm not really using any professional tools, really. I just use the back end of a of a paintbrush and and a knife uh, to kind of mold it into place. And it, you know, it it came out all right. I was pretty happy with it. Some tools, some uh, getting some of the because a lot of the tools are usually like pretty simple and they're actually usually pretty cheap. The set I have, but they they definitely help out. I I in the past when I've tried it without it, it yeah, it can get rough, especially if you're trying to do some weird, interesting shapes. Yeah, I uh, I tried putting some green stuff over Spider-Man's uh, webbing on his outfit to also uh, make it more sleek. Uh, since I'm doing the Superior Octopus version, I also attached some tentacles from a extra Doc Ock that I bought. Um, and uh, I was also working on the pirate Deadpool, uh, which I posted, I think, last night. Yeah, I do remember seeing that. You get you gave us a uh, sort of sneak peek, I believe is how you put it. Yar. Yep. I uh, yeah, I have something even even greater cooking for his uh, taco truck that he comes with. Ooh, can't wait to see that. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you do you post that online anywhere other than the Discord? Like, do you have like an Instagram where you post your pictures or anything like that? Uh no, I don't. I don't feel right. that confident yet. <laughs> All right. All right. So, any, anyone else been up to anything uh, in the hobby? I think Ray, you were saying how now you own you own it all. You unlocked that achievement. Uh, it hurts to admit, mostly my mm. bank account. But uh, <laughs> yeah, as I mentioned uh, before the show, I, as of today, going into tomorrow, will have in my possession every model from Mar- uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol, aside from terrain, which I'm not big on the base terrain yeah. specifically. But, yeah, they're all assembled, 90% of them are primed, and I am 100% ready for this Friday, getting my hands sunk into the new releases. Oh, they're supposed to come out on Friday, I did not know that. Uh, The 12th, our local store has confirmed many copies of Dormammu will be available, and I'm hoping that Blade likewise will also be there, because the model for Blade just looks amazing. He looks so good. Oh... (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to trying to paint up Moon Knight in that very classic white to off-white color. Because I, I don't mm-hmm. know, I, I don't like painting yellow. I love painting white. Actually, I really mm-hmm. enjoy that. So I'm, I'm looking forward oh. to that one of keeping almost a pure white model. Um, For Moon Knight, that might be the model that I actually go and either try and do a comic style or the Mike Mignola style because I don't want to damage that white by trying yeah. to shade it down. I want to keep it a bright, pure white with the dark shadows contrasting it heavily. Kind of like when you see Moon Knight in action in the comics. Mm-hmm. 
It, I did comic style on, on most of my miniatures. I try to do it somewhere between not much to light because I just I still not at the point where I can really ink it as much as I would want. But for my um, for some of the ones on white where you do large splotches essentially of black, it does like it, it pulls off the look, but it it, it kind of hurts to do it at first because it really <laughs> changes the look and it kind of makes you feel like wait did I just, did I just ruin like a really nice paint scheme? But yeah. I mean, I've just been cheating lately and just using mostly contrast. So uh, nothing wrong with that. I mean, I mean, a hey, lot of these they're, models they're they're bright and colorful, so it works. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and a lot of these models have great little folds or musculature or all sorts of things that the contrast just it's it's perfect for. It really is. <laughs> I, I did find that. Uh, on uh, Taskmaster's shield, I I did this thing mm. where I used contrast paint, and then I um I I watered down uh, a metallic uh, paint like ridiculously mm. thin, and then just brushed it over, and it just gave that kind of like that like um, glimmer that it has, uh, and it came out kind of nice. Yeah, it sounds it. Um, I plan on going the other way with it. I plan on basing a lot of. War Machine, Iron Man, Taskmaster, and Cap Shields uh, in an Army Painter metal, so it doesn't have right. very, very noticeable glitter, and then contrasting over that to hope that some of the shine goes through. It, it, it and it'll definitely tone it down nice for my um for my Age of Sigmar, my Cruel Boys. The way I do their metals, I do what is essentially a very bright sort of. Uh, it's probably technically a bronze, but it's even brighter than that. But then I go over it with Fire Slayer Flesh, and it really just tones it down a lot. Still gives you that metal look, but kind of wears it down a little bit and gives it, you know, without popping too much. So, yeah, that's been that's been the fun part of uh, hobbying in general for me. I've only done it over this past year, but um, learning like what paints work with what or what kind of techniques you can figure out on your own is is a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, all all that is still a mystery to me, but ho hopefully <laughs> I can just kind of buckle hmm. down and learn. Well, so Howard, have you, where are you ho at hobby-wise, you know? Because I, I know you picked up some stuff the other week. Have you gotten a chance to, like, assemble uh, it, going full bore on that, or? Oh, yeah, like, I, like, I basically built them almost the day that I got them, because, oh. uh. There was the flesh and blood event going on in the store, and mm -hmm. since the rounds are relatively short, just kind of mm -hmm. in between rounds, took them out of the box and built them right there. Of course, it also helps that, like, two out of the four models are three pieces, because yeah. uh, Miles Morales and Ghost Spider are just super easy to build. Thankfully. Yeah. I don't have those yet, so I haven't tried that. That's good though, because there's someone I have to get. Oh yeah, it's you know like like Miles Morales is just like body, legs, uh, newspaper box. I will mm. say that I think Iron Man took me uh, ridiculously long to build, just because I kept dropping his hand. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no! <laughs> yeah. oh. That's funny. I hope you weren't building it over a carpet. No, yeah. no, it's uh, it's cement, but it's gray cement, and yeah, and it bounces more than. Oh, it definitely bounces. Yeah. 
carpet at least i mean carpet's hard to see but like if you if you run your hand across it yeah you stand a chance because it probably didn't go too far i have a hardwood floors and it just and if i'm hobbying in the front there's two different couches there so it'll it'll bounce under couch it's just gone i lost uh one of loki's horns that way so i gotta green stuff another one when i finally get around to it um have you considered half green stuffing it making it look broken off and making it i just ran into the hulk loki I, I think, honestly, I kind of need to do that for the simple fact that I'm not great at green stuff. The last time I green stuffed was for my Malifaux before they came out with in the Gremlins faction. Uh, old Cranky, I think was his name. Before they did okay. him, I just took a goblin and like put a bunch of shit on him to make him look like the character. And it was, it was rough, real rough, but it worked. So I think if I do like a partial horn, I can it'll look neat, but I can also get away with a lot easier and it won't look as bad, so similarly with Malfow, i remember the worst model loss i had i because we've all we've mentioned it for the past little bit now assembling mm-hmm. models on carpet is a hazard oh yeah and i was assembling the Malfow first edition datsuba from the karai set Ooh, yeah that's rough and they were all metal so of course glue is very temperamental it either bonds immediately or it takes an hour yeah and sometimes you use the paper towel trick and i uh her hand that's holding the razor dropped mm-hmm. into my carpet, never to be seen again. Oh no! And, and they're too thin to pin and... those models, so you, you got nothing but glue and time. Mm-hmm. So I remember looking for it for about an hour. Eventually, getting fed up, giving up, ripping the dried glue off of Datsuba's arm and taking a random piece of sprue and carving it as best I could with the files and hoping that nobody's going to pay attention to it. <laughs> did anyone did anyone notice did anyone call you on your uh modification um no because i always preempted them and pointed it out myself <laughs> <laughs> huh. boy am i glad i haven't worked with metal oh oh man <laughs> and, and honestly you probably really won't have to because even infinity is um over the next while getting rid of their metal it's going to take them a while, but they're getting rid of it as well. So and they're really one of the last, for larger manufacturers, they're one of the last bastions left. Huh. Yep. Big boxes are going plastic. Big boxes, big models are going plastic with the thought that over time, the whole line will. It's just going to be a progressive to get there. All right. Which is the reason why my Starmada is still sitting in the box. Love the game. Hate working with metal. I really like the Infinity. It just Infinity itself was just a fun game. It is. Unforgiving as all new- hell. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, like It was interesting model lines, and me mm-hmm. being the weeb that I am, I went for Yujing, focusing on the JSA. Okay. So I had nothing but Akira bikes in my list. Not that would do it. You give me the option to play an Akira-looking model, I, I have to take it. <laughs> and in, in, uh, in this current season... Um, not, I, I forget, I don't remember if it's for all bikes or at least some of them. You can choose for them not to be impetuous. What? Really? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. They, they've started doing in, in their seasons. They probably call it something different, but the infinity guy, we're going to have him on a different day. Um, but for their seasons, they're essentially like changing certain rules, doing stuff like that. And the current one. Yeah. Some of the bikes, at least some, cause I know the one in Starmada can do it, but other ones, yeah, they can be non-petuous, impetuous. You lose the order, but you can get cover. Oh, that is, at least there's a little bit of like 
being able to change things up there. That I like it. Originally, yeah. Affinity to me, like you pretty much took what was there and you didn't have too many options. No, absolutely. Yeah. But that's that's a nice change to be able to customize it to fit maybe your play style or fit the objective or the map type. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. So it seems like uh, well, everyone but me had at least some things that they did. Um, has, <laughs> has anyone actually? So. Um, I think I mentioned it last week, but I'll mention it again this week. My wife had her; she had the Women's Expo. So my wife's a has a has a baking business. So she had the Women's Expo in Edison. Mm-hmm. So we're working all week on that, working all weekend on that. So that's why I didn't do anything. That's why I didn't get out to the stores. I had all grand ambitions, and, and none of those occurred. So did anyone actually get to play any games? Anyone actually do anything fun like that, or just assemble some stuff? Uh, well, I. I don't know if you would call it a game, but I played a game. I played a game uh, on Sunday after the Flesh and Blood event, where uh, where my, me and my buddy were playing a game. Uh, I decided to try out Defenders with right. the Ghost Rider that I just picked up. He's fun. And then he was playing Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, old and... rules or revised? Uh, revised rules since I was using Ooh, the revised good. rules for Ghost Rider. Okay, no, good. And, uh, one of the missions was searching for the senator. Okay. And on my first move, I had Luke Cage move up to one of the senators, or move up to one of the potential spots where the senator could be, flip mm. the senator right off the get-go, and then... That just tells my opponent, oh, hey, this guy's got a huge bullseye on him. Just point everything at this guy. And then, like, by turn two, Luke Cage is dead, and <laughs> Ghost Rider is, like, on his last legs. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't think I can come back from uh, my three models to your five relatively healthy models. So I think you got this one. Ooh, um, for anyone who is not familiar with it, so the one with the center, it's mutant extremists target U.S. senators. The idea is you have um, three tokens down, and you interact, you flip it. If it's empty, nothing. If it has the senator, you pick him up. You can then grab him. You get to slow speed then. You get points for having him. You get two points around, but now you're a lot slower, so you can easily be caught. And it's easier to hit you because you get one less dice for defending and dodging. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I pulled up the card, but I missed that line. And and so all of a sudden, Luke Cage, who already has a problem with energy, is Mm -hmm. now only defending with two dice against a fully automatic uh, (laughs) Star-Lord. So that was fun. So so it sounds like new, uh, New Guardians... Are, are are actually good. Like you can play Guardians now. I like that idea. That's what it looked like. That's exciting. I I, I thought that they looked really good, um, model wise, and it was kind of a shame to find out that they were not as good as the models were. Yeah, they the uh go ahead. Uh the changes that I read up that they made to them really does seem like they're actually super viable now like the leadership ability being it doesn't have a cost anymore just a little bit of pre-thought 
is phenomenal. Them giving a little bit of adjustment to Star Lord to make him a stronger mid ranger. Like it, I I like them. They seem viable, and I'm going to enjoy trying to get them up to the table. <laughs> they they took, you know, you you can re- watch tons of people do tier lists and all this kind of stuff. But they took probably without much argument the worst faction if you think a faction as a whole and did a lot of good for them if only just their their ability that alone caused them so much grief mm-hmm. uh, did anyone else play anything lately other than uh apparently uh how we're getting trashed so yeah i was able to get a, a game in on friday with a friend of mine at my house um nice. we had finished a 40k match that we were playing and and i you know pointed him at marvel crisis protocol i said i have enough for us to both play uh because i had the core box i had most of it built and i had some extras um from the spider foe stuff Hmm. and so he's like sure let's let's try it out i mean he was interested in he plays other uh tabletop games so it, it worked out and um so i set it up uh he played captain america and i played red skull and we you know we did a, a cabal versus avengers he he wanted to play the first game without any tactics cards um so he could Good understand call. how the game was played uh so i did so i set it up um and you know he he played he's played objective based games before and you know, he focused a lot on killing my dudes. I don't know if it was just because uh, it's like Marvel and you just want to fight against the other person because you have like, you know, heroes and it's like a very hero-esque game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was playing Carnage and he quickly found out that you can stun and daze, or you rather you could daze Carnage, but his next activation when he has all that power on him is going to be hell. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure I, I wiped out like three or four of his guys when I was able to play Carnage again. He's just such a monster. And he heals, like, he gets to move and get a free attack. It just, it feels endless. Just don't shoot him with magic! <laughs> yeah, don't do anything. Because what, his, only his one, one of his defenses is good, or is it two of them are good? I don't remember. He has, he I has believe it's just five, one. He has like five physical and then one energy and magic. Yeah, it's uh, it's not great, but I mean, uh, he has oh, yeah. seven health and he can build up power. So you know he'll he'll get you on the crackback. Yeah. That's the, the... Uh, let's see. Over the yeah, go ahead. Uh, over the past two weeks, I managed to get a couple games in, but. Nice. If you had a comment for the tail end of Mike's, please uh, go right uh, ahead. The only thing I was going to say about that is um, he, he is one of those models that does that. And, and there's other ones where it's, you know, you are going to daze my model and that's fine because then I'm going to be lower on activations. I'm going to go first and then you're going to regret that decision, you know, but no. It felt real good. I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't uh, I didn't feel bad about him getting dazed because I knew he was going to just uh, paint the town red as it was. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, so so tell us about uh the games you had there, Ray. 
Uh, let's see. I believe about a week and a half ago, I played a game against Howard's friend at the mm-hmm. store. Uh, it was my first time feeling the Asgardians, and oh man, if I didn't <laughs> think that a nerf was headed their way before, yeah, Angela is whole. A- a- Angela had <laughs> they've shown her. Uh, Wait, was it hers? No, Enchantress they've shown. They haven't shown Angela, but Enchantress mm-hmm. needed it. Angela needs a little bit as well. Not maybe as much, uh, but she needs something. I think I've come across Angela's front card, but not her injured side. So I'm checking. I haven't pulled up. No, um, Enchantress, they've shown her front. Mm. Yeah, because now she can only do her, um, her I move you once per character, where before it was, as long as you got power, you can keep moving people. And you keep moving the same person was the old rule and valkyrie oh my god valkyrie <laughs> oh valkyrie is amazing they've 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 made some alterations to her we'll spend another um uh, on another episode we'll go through and talk about changes and what we've seen but yeah they've changed her uh let's see so there was that game and the asgardians um holy between their leadership ability being relatively abusable the extra power and the, sh- the just the sheer numbers of damage and dice and whatever mm-hmm. else they put out it it was it was scary now what, what was what was your opponent playing uh let's see if i recall my opponent was playing x-men mm-hmm. and valkyrie managed to get into melee with storm and outed her in one activation and then the next turn outed her again taking her off the map um, uh, Wolverine was completely on one side of the board, so he was almost a non-issue. There was no proc off of June or the <laughs> tactics card that it was. <laughs> uh, it was, oh, it it was scary how effective the Asgardians were. Even at, I think he picked a sixteen-point match, so I wasn't able to take as many as I'd like. Okay, and hell. Hell was surprising. Uh, she puts out a lot of damage AE, especially once she starts to get those soul tokens on her. Yeah, she can. Do you remember what uh, what crisis you guys were and, doing? Uh, uh, let's see. One of them was there was a... Uh, it's the one where there's a hostage or a civilian or something that you have to grab in the middle and then essentially poke to get them to go towards your opponent's side of the field for an extraction. Okay, yeah. I don't remember the name of it off the top of my the, head. The names are ridiculous. I don't know and if anyone remembers uh, it. What, do you remember how many threat it was? I'm just curious. How many people were you fielding during the yeah. during the uh, Asgard game? Uh, because we had a list of about 16, I'm pretty sure uh, we each had four. Wolverine, Jean, Cyclops, Storm, Thor, uh, Valkyrie, Hell, and a mostly non-active Enchantress. <laughs> yeah, just looking at them real quick, that seems like they all have pretty high threat levels. Yeah. Oh. Uh, let's see. So there was that game. And then the other one that I played maybe four days ago, we tried the Hulk Ultimate Encounter, or whatever those are called. Yeah. So how, how, how did you, how did you, well, how did it go? And then how do you feel about ultimate encounters? Um, okay. Well, 
at first I was playing the side of Hulk because I was the one of the three of us who had a painted model. Uh, um, it's a good reason. <laughs> uh, at first I felt daunted. I was wondering how I was supposed to actually get any of this done. Guarding three points, they get to respawn and whatever else. And then over the course of the game, I quickly noticed that Hulk is a beat stick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And eventually I was just knocking out one or two of their models a turn and throwing them or free pushing them into what I would kept calling the gamma toilets. The, uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, it was, it was close across the board. Um, I think before it heavily started to swing and I knocked out two models in one full round, one full round, one full round. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, we were going back and forth as to who's ahead by one or two points. Oh, and then bad. by that point I flushed two models and they didn't have enough activations to keep up at that point. But, um, I was daunted at first, but it ended up, if they had different model choices, um, one of them mm. was playing mostly black order and the other one I believe was playing... Spider-Man, Wolverine, Ghost Rider, and somebody else. So mostly physical threats and or close to mid-range threats. Mm. If they had a couple of range fivers, a couple sniper characters, or characters that either put out more conditions or board manipulation, I might have been in more trouble because it would have forced me to spend an activation to either shake or to waste one moving because a gamma leap might not be enough. Yeah. So I, I think you need to choose your models towards an ultimate encounter, maybe a little bit more than the objective that you would in a normal game. That makes sense. As for my opinions on the ultimate encounters, oh, go yeah. Ahead. How, how do you feel about? I, the, I've I've never tried them. Um, mm. They looked fine when I got into the you know when I got into the game. Oh, I started playing a few things, and then COVID happened, and I just played online, so I never did them. But so I, I'm curious to see yours and anyone else's impressions of those. Um, I think they're great, mostly because it gives you a different way to play the game and a way to play it that might involve more than just a one-on-one or our haphazard rules for a two-on-one or team games or whatever else. Mm. And it gives a narrative, sort of. <laughs> but okay. mostly it's just... it. For me, it becomes more of a beer and pretzels, less of a, I need to work on this objective and be competitive. Because this one, you're playing with three friends, you're just having fun, you're messing around, and you're going, holy crap, there's an angry Hulk in my face. Or, <laughs> it just, it's a little bit more relaxed to me. I'll, ag- I'll agree with you that it's definitely relaxed, um, but mm. it has to be the thing that I'm interested in playing at that moment. If my mm. If I come to the store, mm. or if I you know, and playing with friends and I'm interested in playing MCP, I'm going to be of the mindset of, I want to play a strategy based game. I I want Mm. that. And it feels much less fun to me if it's going to be that, um, version of the game instead of a a competitive version. I'll agree. I would much rather play a standard game, but the problem with most standard games in this one right now is I think the official rules are mostly for a one-on-one. If we have an odd number there, I don't want someone just to sit out. You know, I feel bad. Oh, I, I totally get that. I think, uh, 
for me, I would love to see a 2v2 version of the game or like some other multiplayer version. But just the way that the mission is played, I played the Hulk one as well. I didn't love it, although we were still learning as we were going. So it was kind of like maybe we weren't playing it appropriately, but it's it just didn't hit as fun for me. I, I want to give one of those a try at some point or another. I think I'll I'm be... too new to the game to still... I still crave the the base game for me, personally. Mm. You don't need anything different because you still get enough... You haven't got enough of what uh, the standard yet. Yeah, I've only played maybe one or two real versions of the game. You know what I mean? I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I, I can see that. Yeah, I don't. I would like to try them at some point. Did they, they have solo versions of that? I don't remember. Right? Um, they do. You you could play a solo version of it. It's there is a version where the big bad is on autopilot. They follow an if then logic chart. Okay. If you don't have someone to play them, so conceivably you could just play. You're controlling all of the non monsters, and the big bad is following the logic chart. All right. Oh, they have one for Hulk and stuff too. No, they have one for uh, Ultron. They have one for the rest of them. Uh, Thanos has one as well. It's essentially people who come in like individual big uh, big box. Although, I mean, not Ultron, but the the bigger box ones. I think Dormammu is supposed to get one. Uh, Dormammu is supposed to have an own his own encounter. It might just be the uh, OP kit Dormammu kit revamped. There's one for Hulk, there's one for Ultron, there's one for Thanos, and if you go to the OP kits, there is also one for Magneto. Oh, Ooh. okay, I did not realize that. Very nice. Um, the store, RSG, will have... Alright, so, I've known the owner for 10, 15 years now. Oh god, I'm getting old. Um, <laughs> think that every time when I tell my students, I'm like, I've been teaching since I was this age. I'm like, oh God, that used to be an impressive number, but now it just gets larger. <laughs> rough. So rough. <laughs> I've known the owner for a while. And, um, uh, one of the other friends of mine that I've made at the store that dove also headfirst into MCP. Uh, we've mm-hmm. been talking with him. He managed to get a number of VOP kits, and we took a look at them the other day to figure out how we were going to organize them for the store. Yeah. And we're going to end up running those events, and there will always be a copy of them, once we've run them, available as a store copy that, if anybody wanted to play them, we would have there. So we would have mm-hmm. access to, since we all go to the same store, among others, yeah. Uh, we would all be able to play the Magneto OP event or the Dormammu OP event or the, uh, let's see, of the ones I saw, there was there's actually an unofficial league format in there also. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Yeah, I'm kind of mm. curious how that one runs. And then also on the Atomic Games website, they have a number of alternate game modes. I'm excited to try Draft, honestly. Ooh, how would that work? Uh, My understanding is it works kind of like a MOBA draft mode does. You have a pool of models that one person gets to pick, and then the other person gets to ban a couple of models from being able to be picked. And then Mm -hmm. that person gets to pick, and then back and forth and back and forth. Hmm. That sounds like like I don't have enough models to play, though. (laughs) If only you knew someone who goes to the store and who's played with you before who has every model assembled. (laughs) I mean... However, are you going to find something from me? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 
As I say, you don't have to know. You don't have to have everything. You just have to have enough people around you that do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'd be up for that. Uh, I think that um, anything where you know I, I, that that sounds like a fun list building criteria that I enjoy. I, I like mm-hmm. working under those kind of constraints. Yeah. Uh, it would also probably force people to get out of their comfort zone because mm. as people who've played against me on the regular, they tend to notice that I might probably put down a Magneto and or an Omega Red in almost every list I play. Um, not that I'm showing favoritism or anything. Uh, <laughs> I've been well, yeah, Omega you... Red. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's if the you point. enjoy it, I think that's fine. I think that it only becomes... Uh a problem if everybody is like running uh Corvus Glaive and oh, his wife, you know what I mean? Every yeah. 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 If you're seeing that every list, then it's like, all right, let's do something else. And yeah. That might be one of the upsides to one of these days doing the draft version of it, because then it would force some people to either think outside the box or have to play something that maybe they don't play all the time and discover Oh wow! I actually really like this model. This one's amazing. Why don't I run this one more often? Mm. I have I haven't seen that before. I have seen ones um, they did online where they did three box challenge and all, hmm. um, where that's essentially you get the starter set and then you can pick essentially three boxes, and it's what can you make out of that? What affiliations can you make? What list can you run? And that's what you actually play. So you're limited to base box and three other boxes of choice also really cool yeah Yeah, that sounds fun those those got really popular with online communities it actually sounds kind of that reminds me of uh card game drafts you get the starter Mm -hmm. deck you buy one or two packs and then you try and make something and then run it yeah you you see a lot of it in like i said in the online community that kind of stuff is huge because when it's online, you have everything available to you. You don't have to worry about it. Even is the model out? Like, oh no, the, everything's been spoiled. Hey, the model's legal. Then it depends on the leagues and all. Some make it legal, some don't. But since you can play literally anything, you want something that helps restrict you a little bit. And those have always been of. Um, I, I've always thought they've been interesting. Hmm. Well, it looks like, looks like while I was busy, everyone else got some uh, some good things done, which is nice. <laughs> uh, um, if anyone, oh, there if, was also go for it. There was also at the store we've uh, more regularly done paint gatherings where we just get together, BS, and slap some paint on models. Which Thursday night, nice. right? Uh, it's not an official thing, but mm-hmm. it has been the past two Thursday nights. Okay. It's I'll uh, try to make my way out to one of those. Uh, if you're ever concerned that you don't have enough paints, I tend to bring all the paints I have, which <laughs> the handle off of my carrying case for it has broken twice now because it is quite a bit of paint. <laughs> so Jeez. you're covered. Oh, yeah. I, I don't do anything in moder- moderation. It doesn't <laughs> sound like it. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And then... um. If, if if someone's listening is interested in this, is it just the Discord where this is decided? Is there anything posted anywhere else? Or I'll make sure I put in the um the show notes the Discord link and all for anyone who's interested who's local to the North. Would we? It's so I'm originally from like super far south in Jersey. So like, would we call this North or is this like Central? Um, 
it's more central. I'm closer okay. to north. <laughs> okay. So if anyone's somewhat local to Red Seal Gaming or anything like that, I'll make sure I post the the Discord in there. So if people have interest in any of this, join in and uh, follow along. I'm sure uh, Dan, the owner, would greatly appreciate the free publicity. I mean, oh, what? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, currently I play at essentially two stores, so I have no problem plugging both of them all, all the time. <laughs> you know? Um, the, the hobbies don't exist without it. Pretty much. Like, uh, I do love how a lot of uh, game companies are starting to realize that you kind of want or need to support your local game stores at least a little bit. Because, I mean, that's that's where we go to play them. Yeah, yeah uh, for the longest time, I remember a lot of game companies were having... Sorry, a lot of quote-unquote model companies. There you go. Because they insisted they were not game companies. Uh, I wonder if you can hear the eyes roll back in my head saying that. Uh, <laughs> uh, they wouldn't really support their local game stores. Oh. So, it's... You would go in, you'd buy your models, you might buy a couple paints, but if you wanted somebody to help teach you how to paint, or walk you through the game, or just play and hang out, it wasn't as easy. It was frowned upon, almost. Mm, some of those stores are still that way. Yeah. I, I don't... To me, it is a social hobby. I... Mm -hmm. I, unless all you do is enjoying the painting. If that's what you do, feel free. You're one of the people who bought the $500 smog model or something like that. Have at it. But for everyone else, it's a social hobby. You need people to play against. You need friends. You want people to talk to. I mean, think about it right now. There's so many podcasts, YouTube channels, all that kind of stuff because people enjoy the games. They want to talk. They want to, they want to, you know, experience it as much as they can. If you're not going to be welcoming, your community is going to die out. And that's what you see with historicals, you know? Those people ain't getting any younger, and they're not helping get anyone yeah. else in either. No. Um, I'm not going to lie. Our store might not have really dove into Marvel if it weren't a store that allowed people to hang out, play, and chill. Oh, absolutely, I, yeah. I wouldn't even have looked at the shelf. Mm. But, but you, go ahead. But then, you know, you just have big tables set up with people playing whatever they decide to bring with it, then you can just, while you're looking through the shelf, kind of turn behind you and say, hey, what are you playing? Oh, mm -hmm. we're playing this. Let me tell you about this, this, and this. And then, oh, okay, that sounds like fun. Yeah. I know um, the other main store I go to, Maplewood Hobby, that's what I like about it. You know, all those people, I've known them, every person in there now who's a regular, I've known for 15 years or more. You know, there'll be nights when we're actually doing stuff, playing games, stuff like that. The other days, I, I literally just go to sit. I have no intention of playing. I don't even bother bringing anything because I enjoy hanging out with these people. And it, it helps get other people interested in getting other people in when they see a, a, a friendly atmosphere and, you know, that they have, there's people around that, yeah, they'll play this, the stuff that you have. And especially there, we'll play some real weird stuff. Right now they're doing it. They just started their Necromunda campaign. We got, uh, oh. we got heavy gear happening, all Ooh, kinds of stuff. Phone. They yeah. think you got someone's attention when you said Necromunda. Yeah. They they played <laughs> on uh Sundays. They just started. It's a Necrovember, I believe, is the way they called it. Because that's the nice. uh, last month. I think was uh, might actually I don't remember what last month was. That might have been like Dracula's America or something like that. But they themed Sunday games to be a little uh, different things. Like Heavy Gear was the big thing we were doing. So people still play it, but right now they're doing Necromunda. Oh uh, yeah, because like a buddy of mine 
was interested in Necromunda, got a bunch of models, but then couldn't find anyone to play with. I mean, like, I did, but it yeah. was just kind of us. If um if either of you guys or anyone else, if you look up um on Facebook, Maplewood Hobby, stuff like that, like I said, they're, I know they're playing on Sundays. They might do other days as well. I'm just personally not sure. But if you post in there like, hey... We're doing some Necromunda. I heard you guys are doing something. Like, what's going on? Like, there, there's people around to play. Absolutely. Uh, all, right. all right. So, um, why don't we move into news and things like that? Although, there's not not too much, at least, that I saw. The only thing recent, like I said, maybe we'll, we'll save model updates for another one, unless someone has a particular update they want to discuss. But the only other thing I saw lately is they they put an article out today um, related to just the art in particular related to Blade and Moon Knight and sort of where that came from, their thought and their um, their ideas behind the way that got put together. I haven't read through all of it, but it is, as I always tell my students, I'm a painter, not someone who draws. So I, I am always interested to see how people's thought process comes about with that. I don't know if any of you guys are more artistically inclined. Oh, I think it's fascinating that some of this stuff comes from somebody's mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I don't. I think it's a simple, like, like you mentioned how you do, you know, your green stuff work and things like that. And like, even that, like, I'm, I'm very classical with my stuff. Like, oh, this is the main scheme. This is like the one I will see. I guess that's what I will do. I struggle with that other stuff. Oh, don't get me wrong. It's not going to look anything but janky, but... Uh, but you try it's just, it, you know? I try it because I'm not good at painting, and it takes <laughs> away from the fact that it's going to be painted poorly. <laughs> it's like, yeah. here, look at all the, you know, all the flashy bits, and don't look too hard at, you know, the fact that it doesn't have eyes, or... Oh, well, great. Uh, now I'm looking at shaded. the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, eyes are deceptively uh, yeah. easy. And then uh, the biggest thing is being able to control a brush well enough, but eyes are not too bad. It's just if once you do the eyes, because I always do eyes first, you got to be real careful with the paint afterwards because it's easy to get something into the eyes and then it's you're essentially just doing the eyes all over again. Yeah. I feel like every time I try to do an eye, a uh, very localized earthquake starts happening in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> and my hands just start shaking uncontrollably. Do you, do you wait till the end to do the eyes? When do you actually do the eyes? Well, now I don't want to touch them, but I was doing them probably towards the end, yeah. Um, what the, the way I felt, and I, I learned this from uh, um, Epic Duck and a few other painters, so I usually do the eyes early. Um, I'll paint in the white, and I'll, I'll overpaint it, and that part doesn't matter. You try to give it the almond shape well, a little bit as best you can. Then for the, you know, for, for the eye or stuff like that to try to line it up, I will go halfway up their forehead and below on their cheek doing the line for the eye. Because if you look at the normal human eye, if someone's not excited, their pupil and all of that takes up essentially top to bottom entirely. And on a model, you, you don't have to really worry about rounding mm. it. You're not going to necessarily see that. But to line them up, I do it early so I can use the rest of their face as a template. So I'll do both eyes. As that essentially is almost crossing T's with it, and then I'll paint the skin around it to give it the shape that I want. So that yeah. gives it eyes that are looking forward or whatever direction I want, but they're looking uniformly, and it gets them the right shape without going with the white and kind of missing on the skin, and then you got to fix all that up. 
Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I'll I'll give it a thought, but I probably won't do it yet. That's okay. Um, it's still that's, a little daunting. That's not the first technique along those lines that I've heard for doing eyes. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because I I find you know when I do like weird fantasy models and it's like my orcs they all have uh, red eyes, so it's like pure red. That's easy to do afterwards. But the biggest problem people mm. have with eyes in white is the skin is not white. So when they do white on the eyes, they either miss and it kind of causes issues on the skin. Or when they try to do the eyes, since you have so little room to work, because most eyes on these models, I mean, we're talking about 32 millimeter non-heroic scale. You're essentially putting like a dot and it's real easy for those dots not to line up. And then suddenly your guy looks a little cross-eyed and all. Yeah. So I've, I've yeah, started. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, the way I was taught to learn from, I forgot his last name. We always called him Painter mm -hmm. John. Uh, he's a crystal brush and golden demon yeah. guy. For the eyes, you would do the eyes first. And then you would, and so this way, there's minimal having to go back and risk hitting something mm -hmm. you've already painted. But the technique you mentioned that I'm referring to that is not the first time I've heard that it makes a lot of sense is starting overdone with the eye and then using other paints to cover yeah. it up. It makes it a lot more consistent than what I did with my Hulk. My Hulk looks like he's seen some scary stuff up close. <laughs> Man, <laughs> seen some shit. I mean, I mean, the Hulk's a scary guy. Um, I definitely whited his eyes, painted his face, did the shading and highlighting, and then went back with a 0.3... Uh, black uh, ink pen. Yeah. And dotted one eye and then prayed to <laughs> whatever deities or whatever else was out there that I could dot the other eye, not miss, and not having them looking to his left and right simultaneously. <laughs> it's like a but, chameleon. Gosh, but who? Yeah, he definitely looks like he saw something up close. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've, I, I think I tried to use the Micron pen before like once and it just came out so bad and I still hit like upper eyelid and stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm just, no, I'll just try to paint it. At one point I used to use oh. toothpicks and I was like, this isn't working any better. Uh, the Micron pen actually really saved me during Venom. Nice. Uh, because it's, uh, his face, I was having a hard time getting the area around his eyes and around his jaw and around his giant white spider, which I didn't realize goes under his arms to the back. Mm -hmm. I was having a hard yeah, time getting that coated and done right without having it bleed over. But then I just overdid a little bit, took the micron pen and cleaned it up using that. And it made it a lot easier and a lot less of a headache. I'm pretty sure while I was painting Carnage, it was all a fever dream because I don't know how oh, it came out. God. <laughs> And your carnage uh, looks good. I like him. I it it. it uh, I don't know how I did the face, but somehow it just like the luck of you know whatever was with me, and I hit all the points I needed to, and it worked out. <laughs> Everyone I know who's painted Carnage has. We've all agreed it was one of the worst experiences we've had. What makes it so bad? I haven't painted him yet, and now I'm kind of scared too. But I want him. Why is he bad? I think for me it was just the eye strain of like having to focus on the webbing and making mm -hmm. sure you weren't going over it and touching the skin. Mm-hmm. So it's just like your so... eyes need a break. Like it's just like because you're so focused. I don't. I would assume that it would probably be easier if I use like a magnifying glass or some kind mm -hmm. of thing. 
but my eyes are strained so hard into like, all right, is that skin or is that webbing? Do I have to, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Am I supposed there's, to touch here? Oh man. <laughs> oh, there's is, just is there so regular, much of it all over. Is there a regular pattern to it? Like Spider-Man had a lot of it, but he has a nice regular pattern. So you, you can essentially predict where it's going to be. No. So, so that's what's <laughs> tough about it. Yeah. Your eyes are straining. Cause you got to try to actually figure it out. Every little bit you pull your brush. Yeah, and some of it blends in really well, and and some of it is has like different depth to it, mm-hmm. so it's not very clear all the time if it's supposed to be like muscle uh, definition or if it's webbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's it's a tough one. Yeah, it was it's pretty tough. everywhere. It's yeah. absolutely everywhere. And then <laughs> if you want to go overboard with it, the tendrils that come out of them, I was sitting there and dr- following each individual thread or vein and trying to keep it colored as it swirled around the tendril. Yep. And oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty brutal. Wow. It's something to look forward to when I get done with some more of these cruel boys. I, I got to get some of them done first. Uh I tell you what, though, once you look at it afterwards, it feels like you accomplished, like, uh, the Tour de France. You know what I mean? Like, I'm thrilled. He's going to be in every list I have because it's just, like, I'm so proud of that I did it. <laughs> like, I painted yeah. him. He's getting used. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll have to just see if he follows the uh, new painted model curse or not. Which I, What's I that? Oh, yo, the new model painter cars? Oh, yeah. Um, so whenever you paint a model, brand new, very excited, just wanting to use that model, and then it you know works like a piece of shit and gets destroyed immediately. Happens. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Just does terrible for you. I didn't have that happen. <laughs> Actually, my, my last game where my model was rolling nothing but uh, sixes for my kill bow. Like, that was working real nice. But, yeah, normally, yeah, it just gets wrecked. Well, I mean... You painted him all nice and pretty. The opponent's going to be like, get that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty common thing. Uh, I've also been guilty of making that happen. <laughs> uh, this model, he's cool. I want him front and center, right there in front of the enemy. Get him! Uh, my friend, we were playing 40K, and he bought himself the, uh, what was it called? It was the Chaos Space Marine version of a Soul Grinder. The Decimator? No. Oh, whatever. The big spider looking thing with a tank head on it. Uh, uh, and he built it. He was so impressed by it. He got it painted. He put it on the table and I blew it up in my first turn. <laughs> oh, this was uh, a few editions ago when it still had a uh, normal tank style rules. Mm-hmm. First turn blew it off of the table and he was so disheartened and like, dude, you put a big thing in front of me. I'm scared. Defiler. That's it. Defiler. There it's, it is. I, I opened up GW's website because it was going to bother the living shit out of me until I figured it out. And I knew that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Defiler. Yeah. He, it's, he spent all the time, just like we were talking about. He got it modeled. The Defiler at the time wasn't really that good. No, it's still not good. I yeah. Don't think maybe. Yeah. <laughs> But I kind of made that happen to him, and I felt a little bad. But on the other side of things, I'm I'm a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, why don't we um 
we move into uh, more of the main features kind of part. So what we thought we would do um, for this one, since we have um, some new people on the show, people um, who listen may not know who they are, sort of, you know, background, and just sort of have that discussion of, um, you know, just getting into MCP versus someone like myself who's been into it for a bit. I, I wasn't playing regularly for a while when everything went remote. Um, I started with MCP for a while. Um, I'd played it before that, but I I played a good bit through there. Um, but then later, as we got further in the quarantine, I started doing a lot more Song of Ice and Fire and playing in worlds of that and all that kind of stuff. So this is more of my uh, getting back into the game as well. So I figured we would um, go over that. Now, anyone listening probably is aware of the game, but I'll give the quick uh, elevator pitch just in case. Um, so Marvel Crisis Protocol, it's done by Atomic Mass Games, which is owned by Asmodee. They also now have the uh, Star Wars license for miniatures games, X-Wing, Armada, and Legion. Um, and it is, I, I don't know, in my mind that the game that you th would play when you were a kid, you know, you have your different toys out and you're telling someone why, you know, your Spider-Man is doing this, that, the other thing to you know, their model and so on. But now it actually has rules and nice looking models and you can have other people to play with and doesn't look as weird anymore. Um, it is primarily an objective-based game over six rounds. And you're looking at skirmish levels. So you're looking at four to maybe six models. You could go a little bit outside of that, but that's probably the standard. So very small model count. Um, so why don't we... Uh, why don't we first do a little bit more of an introduction to each of you guys? So maybe we'll start with um, with Howard. What is your your wargaming or, or hobby history? Are, are you new to just gaming in general? I know you're new to Marvel Crisis Protocol, but are you new to games in general? Or um, I've played the games for a while. Like hmm? I started with 40k. It's like when I really started to get into it. Or at least, okay. like, the ones, like, you build models and whatnot. Played 40K. Mm -hmm. I've played Age of Sigmar. Probably had more fun with Age of Sigmar than uh, 40K. Uh, tried Malifaux for a little while. And, like, that was just really cool. Just having a system that, unlike every other system, doesn't use dice, uses cards. Like, I thought that was super cool. It is. And then... Yeah, and then um, with Marvel Crisis Protocol, I stand corrected. I played I played one model game before all this, and that was Hero Clicks. Like a long I... time ago, I played Hero Clicks, and then when I saw people playing Marvel Crisis Protocol at uh, Red Seal Games, like all of these memories came back of like, wow, I remember all those years ago just going over to the place I'd, I'd ride my bike over to this local place go every friday night and play hero clicks and then this was just like that but now a minis game i i never did hero clicks did anyone else play that i never did a I mean, little bit a little bit i i heard it was very dice swingy like it really would come down to roll these two dice and if you don't roll well enough you're going to lose the game but that might have just been someone's uh, fault you told me. I mean, that did happen. But, like, uh -huh. I don't know. I just had fun putting together teams of characters. Like, you know, he here's my martial artists team. Or here's my Avengers. And then 
And then Howard the Duck was in the game, so that was just a huge plus for me. And and I'm I'm I'm, wa- I'm waiting for him in Marvel Crisis Protocol. Now, I do where, want Howard the where, Duck. Like where 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 is that box that is Howard <laughs> the Duck and Man Thing just in the same box? They 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 won't they won't do it. But I would love to see Howard the Duck as being like the only one cost character, and he's just a pile of garbage. But he's a great looking model. That's what <laughs> look, I want. Doesn't matter. Play him in every list. Don't care. <laughs> like 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 we're doing. You're doing a seventeen point game. Okay, we're gonna do sixteen points, and I'm bringing Howard with me. Like they wouldn't, because it would it would just be activation advantage. Like he probably would turn out to be like a really OP piece because he gets you a model activation for one point. But that's what I would love to see. He's like two health. He's just awful in every way. Oh, Doesn't, exactly. Don't matter. That, that's my Still thought. Like him. I can't. I don't want him to be a legitimate character because it just that's too weird. So that's me though. Uh, so I thought it was weird a little bit there. I That's thought okay. it was weird when he showed up at the uh, post credit scenes in that one. I was like, wait, Howard? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. So how how long have you been playing that? Because you, you mentioned Age of Sigmar, not Warhammer Fantasy Battle. So that means... Oh, yeah. Because um, actually, I got uh, me and my friend, uh, the one that uh, you played uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol against, with, against Ray, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. we split the goblins versus dwarves starter kit for warhammer fantasy battles uh okay and like we never got around to actually playing it so like he has all these dwarves sitting in a box somewhere i have all these goblins sitting in a box somewhere and then when age of sigmar came rolling around and i saw oh hey the goblins got rules for that well, time to go into my garage, dig out all these goblins, and put them on circular bases, because here we go. Yeah. Age of Sigmar is a lot of fun. That's a good mm-hmm. game. But all right, why don't we go to, to you, Mike? So what um what's what's your wargaming slash hobby history? I think you said before you've only been in for like a year or so. Just a short bit. Yeah, I started I started last September as like a uh I guess a COVID hobby, but I was just, I had realized, I had come to this realization that I've always wanted to try Warhammer 40k, except the last time I thought about it, I was in high school and no, nobody can afford, yeah, on like a, you know, fast food uh, job budget, you can't afford like a $400 army. So that was, uh, you know, my, my dreams there were quickly squashed. So I had come around and I had realized, like, hey, I, you know, this was something I was interested in at one time. I was kind of worried about the painting aspect of it. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like it. So I started real slow when it came to, you know, buying models and stuff. And I and I painted up my first one and I thought it came out so good. I was showing it off like I was like I was a little kid trying to just show off his like, you know, shitty drawing to his parents. I was showing anybody who would look at it. We've all done that. Uh, how the model came out. Yeah. Uh, so I was showing everybody, and then I was like, oh, I like this. So then I just uh, started buying more and more and more, and I actually I have a whole crap load of 40K stuff uh, that I still need to paint, and Marvel Crisis Protocol has put a stopper on that for now. Yeah. 
So those are the two games that you play now is uh, 40K and Marvel? Yeah, I really haven't tried anything else. I uh, I got a lot of my friends into 40K. Um, so I have a good stable of friends to play with and different armies to fight against. And then I got interested, uh, you know, playing at the store and, uh, that's where I met you and played more press part on the rest of history, right? That's what happened. Nice. Um, welcome to a hobby that's going to take most of your disposable income. If not. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> mind. I I used to play. I used to put all my money into video games, and now that I have a two year old, I'm not playing anything. So, yeah, it's perfectly fine. All right, so let's. So Ray, I think you have a longer history, much like myself, uh, from just conversations. It sounds like you have also played just about everything. As I have uh... done much to again my bank account's chagrin uh <laughs> aside from AD&D 2.0 i guess that's when my addiction started <laughs> um calculating thaco as a little kid uh, i remember playing magic when it first came out and then the first time that i got a taste of the mini war games was fourth or fifth edition in warhammer 40k mm, where okay. A uh, gentleman that I'm still friends with today, he's actually a mod on the RSG Discord, got me suckered in by offering me a White Scars uh, army. And we started playing that way. Uh, I found that White Scars weren't really my cup of tea, and immediately started buying one of the worst armies in existence, Demons. Uh, yeah, Just because oh, I like them. Were bad yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> they were bad yeah. back then. Um, but I just liked the way the models, I liked enjoying, I enjoyed painting them, just, that's really where it came in. And then I quickly got into Army ADD, uh, I started picking up orcs, and then discovered that I love kit bashing, converting, and sculpting weird things for my models. Mm. But since then, I've also played uh, Infinity, as we've mentioned, uh, Privateer Press games. I was a press ganger for Privateer Press at really? the game room in Woodbridge. I was also a henchman for Malfau, Malifo, Malfu, however we're pronouncing it this time. Um, at the same store, the game room in Woodbridge, I was their henchman. Um, I remember Warhammer Fantasy Battle. I loved my dwarves, I loved my dark elves, and I got really annoyed when we shifted to Age of Sigmar and suddenly I had to pay a small fortune for round bases and completely change the game. Yeah. But hey, uh, in the beginning, you could uh, you could have a cool beard and that would give you re-rolls, I think was the original rule. Oh, there were all sorts of fun little rules like that. Uh, I remember the beard one. What were some of the other really funky ones? Um... One of them, oh, I can't remember which character, but one of them was if you knelt during the game, you lost. Yeah, what? See, no, yeah. <laughs> so we'll do a little, we'll do a little history <laughs> lesson here for uh, maybe uh, Mike may not know this because you're reasonably new to it. So you had Warhammer Fantasy Battles, thirty years of history, everything like that. Um, the game selling, honestly, it was selling really bad. It was exceedingly tough to get into, super expensive to get into. Forty k. 
you could teach someone 40k 500 points you could you, you know, hey get this battle box we're going to try some stuff out i can show you the game maybe it's not 100 like the real game but you could learn a little bit honestly fantasy you're short of 2000 points you're not playing fantasy it's not going to feel right mm-hmm. it's not even going to feel even remotely like the game and the game won't function so it wasn't selling well they did an end end times they essentially ended the world it ended and chaos won world blew up and then they go to their new system age of sigmar and they have lore too and now lore is actually not bad it's gotten a lot better they fill it flushed it out a lot more but in the very beginning they needed a rule set to be able to put out the day that fantasy died so they put out the rules were three pages if memory serves yeah and and if you if you hadn't played a war game before it probably wasn't too bad because like you could take it at face value but I remember the night they released it, me and a friend sat down, we took some armies from the store, We read. I read the rules, and we started playing. And we had to stop every five minutes and say, wait, wait, wait what are you doing? Wait, mm-hmm. uh, am, I, am I allowed to do that? Like shooting in combat. That was never a thing in Warhammer Fantasy. In the beginning, in Age of Sigmar, you could shoot while in combat, and you could shoot while in combat to other units somewhere else. And we, we just had to keep stopping. But they put out rules... And essentially, they kind of they put out some rules for models, and they kind of did some as a joke. So, um, dwarves had a rule that if the player playing had a beard, you got re- you got some amount of rerolls. For um, I, I want to say, oh, I want to say it was Tomb Kings. I, I could no, 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 no. It was um, oh, who are the French knights? Um, 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 um Bretonia. Uh. Bretonia. No. Yeah, I, I think it was Bretonia. They had a rule that if you knelt down during the game, you lost the game immediately. <laughs> and just yeah. other weird, random stuff. Oh, oh, hey, stuff. sorry. I got to tie my shoes real quick. Oh, you lost. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, And that is what caused a lot of people to hate it. I mean, some people didn't like it because you kind of destroyed the world they had spent 30 years learning. But then you kind of replaced it with jokes that are rules that kind of felt like jokes. You know, you can look it yeah, up. Yeah, I could see if you were serious about it, you would be pretty upset with that. Yeah. Have you have you ever seen the video of the guy who burns like five thousand points of dark elves? No, I can't say. <laughs> wow, I haven't seen it. You but haven't? I've heard oh, of I'll it. I'll I'll put that in the. I'll, I'll see if I can find that shortly. I'll put that in the Discord when I can. Yeah. It's, uh, it's why do funny. you want to? Why do you want to hurt us like this? Uh I don't uh, know why he did that. When uh, uh, they, when they did the switch, uh, I remember everybody on the internet started saying that they were considering this to be a non-competitive game. Now it was supposed yeah. to be a quote-unquote beer and pretzels game. So these rules they came out were supposed to be fun, lighthearted, get new people into it, get them hooked, and really just did nothing but anger anybody who was trying to play it remotely competitive because rules were glossed over. Like he mentioned, the whole shooting and combat thing. And there were no point limits. You could literally bring every model you wanted to the table. And it was supposed to be a quote-unquote fair match. Ah, See, I'm all for having fun and just doing crazy stuff, but that seemed a little much. Yeah. It's legitimately thousands of dollars that he burned. Did I find (sighs) it? Okay, I did find it in a spot. I'll post it in there in a little bit. You gotta, you gotta, 
one of the forms I have, it's actually a bit of a long one, but you just got to watch like, you know, cut to like eight minutes in. That's where he starts burning, um, burning all of his shit. Which I said it in. But. Always fun. Yeah, no, it was a uh, some people were very unhappy. But, hmm. That's all right. I can't even right. blame them. I mean, no, I don't blame them at all for GW games in general aren't cheap. And then mm. you change it to a point where it's barely a game or where it's it's a game, but it's not. How do I put this without being snobby? Uh, <laughs> uh, you took to 30 years and, and, and removed it to nothing at the end of the day. Yeah. That's what they did. Here we go. Um, a lot of people used to refer to 40K as checkers, fantasy as chess. And then when they came mm -hmm. up with AOS, you were playing jacks, like hopscotch. Or hell, you were playing Yu-Gi-Oh! the way it's portrayed in the TV show, where I'm just going to make up these rules in a really intimidating voice and you're going to buy it. I, I, now I will say the game is a lot better. I enjoy it. I have a lot of fun with it. But mm. yeah, they uh, they they did it very poorly in the beginning, and it shows. But now now they've done a lot. They've they've actually have made it made it a good game. But I don't know if it sells. And now supposedly they're bringing back fantasy. Yes, they are because. You kill your you, you kill one of your lines, and I don't blame them for killing the line. But the big problem was then you had um you know Warhammer battles on computer. You had them put out games mm -hmm. uh, in the the Total War. So I played Total War. Oh man, this game's great. Oh, I'd love to. Oh wait, there's a miniatures game that'd be awesome. Oh, it's dead. You know. That, that is was... actually how I think I started uh, 40K, was I did play Total War, and I was like, oh, this is yeah. interesting. And then I was like, oh, that you can't, you can't, it's not, it doesn't exist, it's different. Uh, let's just play War 40K, because more people play that. Yeah. All right. Um, since, since we have a little bit of, I mean, not to keep everyone here too long, but we know since we have a little bit of a, a time limit with um, some of the people, we'll, we'll move on to discuss some other stuff. Um, so we'll, we'll target this to Mike since he has to go somewhat soon, um, for the next bit. So what, was there anything in particular that brought you into this particular game? Was it just the, was it the models? Was it cause it's Marvel? Like what, what made you decide this? I think it was cause it's Marvel and, and I was looking for something that, so 40 K for me is like, uh, you have a huge army. There's multiple different, um, you know, units going on, there's a lot of moving parts, and I kind of wanted something that was took less time to play and set up, and was more of just, I guess, what Marvel Crisis Protocol is, which is just, you have five guys versus having, you know, 50 guys on the board, or 100 guys on the board, or however many, you know what I mean? It's just, it takes less time to set up, it's quicker to play, and it's more to the point, in my opinion. Uh, it's agreed. it's just something nice to mix up from the big battle game that is 40k for me. So it's nice to have both. Man. Um anyone else want to mention what what brought them to this if it wasn't something just if it was more than just oh it's Marvel and 
gotta gotta do Marvel, which is what did it for me. <laughs> hmm. Um, I uh, Phase and Way, uh, two more people from RSG. They got into it, and I sat in and played a demo three-player kit-bashed whatever game with them, and then walked up to the register and spent $400 on the starter set and about nine boxes. But what it really worked for me was... Yeah, I like I said, I have no chill. (laughs) Um, So what did it for me was, one, the models. The models are actually pretty well done. They're a long, long cry from what uh, Heroclix models looked like. Um, yep. <laughs> no, no talking down about Heroclix, but these uh, the models, models are... Quick oh, shit. oh yeah. I, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'll that. Those models look like ass. <laughs> really do. And um, the gameplay and the game flow, the gameplay loop, whatever you'd like to call it, reminded me very much of things that I've loved from other games like Malfow or any of the privateer press games, warm specifically. And mm-hmm. it, I found out later it made perfect sense. Why apparently some of the developers or creators of the game were from privateer press. Yep, we'll check on all of them. Yeah. Um, but I've always loved that kind of gameplay. Alternating activations gives you more of a feeling of being able to react to your opponent. It gives it more of a dynamic feel rather than 40 K where I do all of this stuff. Now I'm going to sit here for half an hour looking at my phone while you do the same to me or things like that. And the objective focus was also another thing. It forces you to be dynamic, adapt on the fly, play on your feed, all of those other cliched terms for the same thing we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I just like that kind of flow better. I honestly do. And as I learned more of the rules, the ability to mix and match, there's no true factions, so to say. Like, yeah, you, you have your affiliations, but I can have my affiliation, I could play Avengers with Captain America, Iron Man, and Vision, and then, for some bizarre reason, have them work with Proxima and Corvus, and they all still get the faction bonus. That just opens up a whole new level to me in that it's not constrained by faction. <laughs> I think that was a good call on their part because if you constrain it, one, it causes very narrow list building, but two, it just becomes less interesting. You know, people want to play with whatever heroes they want to. If I want to run Avengers, but I really like this model, I want to play with that model no matter what I'm running, no matter what I'm doing. So I think for me, it also drove my creativity because it opened up for me to make the evil versions of so many of these characters because I could play them with my cabal. Mm-hmm. And if you if you read enough comics, you will find the time that whoever it is teamed up with whoever it is, or an or, or yeah, it's great what if or actually. Something. Yeah, yep. it's it's so awesome because I'm actually I'm learning more about like some of the lore that I've glossed glossed over over the years, and like I'm um, learning about all these new characters that I never heard of, and then putting it into actual use by painting my models a certain way or modifying my models a certain way um it's something to look forward to yep. and... <sighs> all right it also makes me look forward to uh in the future when they open up some of the affiliations to include other members that have been in those 
things in the comic books or when they sync them up to a new release or this or that. I, I'm looking forward to the quote unquote as Guardians of the Galaxy when Thor gets the Guardians tag or things like that. <laughs> now, now, now I want Fat Thor. I want that as a model. I want Lebowski. You can and... do it. I'll I'll do it for you. Green stuff it. Let's do it. <laughs> wait, wait. You have yeah. the dude. We'll get you to green stuff a big old jet. Getting a fat belly dude, on him. You just, just oh. slam Yolnir on the table. Write write it down. Write write it down. All right, so we can make the dude. We can make the dude Thor. Come on. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> All right. Um. So. And like because it's Marvel, because it has all these storylines we're familiar with, you can do things like that, yeah. and it makes sense, and it's thematic, and it's funny, and it's still complete within the realm of the game. Uh, no, yeah, it definitely helps that Marvel's been more tongue in cheek uh, as of late. So you can do silly things like my Deadpool and shit like that, and it and it's fine, you know. Like 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 heck. Uh... I don't know much about green stuff, but like I kind of want to take my kingpin model and just turn him into the into the Spider Verse kingpin, where he's just like this huge ball of guy. <laughs> he's just all shoulders. Just, 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 just nothing but shoulders. <laughs> this, you bring that to the table, and I will bring Spider Pig, Noir Spider Man, and anime mecha spider-man to the table and we can go at it <laughs> please please do that's probably one we won't get is is the spider pig so i think that's a that's uh, uh, that property is probably a little too far gone but the rest of it uh, oh come come on spider pig two-point model for web warriors oh i'm not i'm not saying they couldn't do it i think the reason they couldn't do it is because they're not going to get the rights to produce a Porky Pig-looking model. That's the problem. Uh, yeah. They'll call it that, and it'll be, you know, non-IP-infringing Porky Pig. Right. Well, I was thinking the other day that you could you could really put whatever model you want and then just put Mystique's head, and it works. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh I like that. that's... That's that's some fun thinking there. There we go. <laughs> that's the idea for when they put Morph into the X Men. That's his model. <laughs> <laughs> just just kit bash him together with the like. Uh, there was an extra head from Wolverine. Just all the extra bits they give you. Give him one of give him whatever cool. hand you didn't use for Thanos. Wolverine's head, and just everything else. <laughs> just put, make, had a make him as best parts. you can. Exactly, yeah. He'll be like a Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> look, look, just, just, just go nuts with it. It'll be awful, and I'll love it in every way. Uh, all right, I know these Mike probably has to step out at this point because uh, you get up super early, and I don't, uh, I don't envy that at all. That is awful. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's how you make money. Yeah, can't do this without making money. I understand that. <laughs> Like I said, yeah. If you if you gotta head out, we'll probably um we'll probably try to wrap up shortly with with everyone else, unless people got a whole lot of other stuff they want to talk about. We we hit most of the most of our big points. Um, I think um the only other one I wanted to ask to whoever can stick around for an, for another moment or so is, you know, so the game's been out for about 
a little bit over two years now at this point. Um, do you have a, a how do you feel getting into it now versus maybe that consideration of when it started? So now you're coming in, like how how many models? So so Ray, you have all the models. How many models is it currently? Have a count. Uh, let's see. The last 80? time we did a model count, uh, I think I was at forty-eight, and that was before I added another one. Two, uh, are we counting Ant-Man and Wasp as four models or two? <laughs> I count them as two. Okay. Um, in which case, I think uh, I'm at seventy-ish. I'll do a count while you keep talking. I mean, okay. yeah. So. So questions to any of you guys that want to answer, you know, so I, I started the game when the box came out, I got one of the boxes like day of played a little bit, you know, very little choice in the beginning. So on, how does it feel now starting a game when there is this amount of stuff out? Does it feel like, Oh, you know, the, the world's your oyster. Does it feel overwhelming with the amount of, of models and, and how many different rules there could be? I so, mean, oh, sorry. No, uh, if you don't mind, I'll just uh, go real quick. Um, I think that um, it's it's great starting now because the game has seen its stride, um, uh, how they want to do the rules and such. So, like, to come in right now as they're doing, like, rules refresh is actually really good because it's not anything that I have anything to long-term base on. I don't have any, you know, uh, strong dispositions of any of these things that are changed or nerfed or buffed or whatever it's just this is what it is and i can just kind of come in and have that feeling of like uh this is just how it is that's fine you know i don't it doesn't affect me positively or negatively um i will say that it's nice having such a breadth of choice uh so like you know i assume when the game first came out you'd have the core set a couple extra sets and like everybody was kind of playing the same thing but now yeah. You know, like I can do my Cabal thing, and somebody else can do Asgard, and somebody else could do Avengers. And, you know, if you're not looking to play at the highest competitive level, which, you know, people are theory crafting with the whole the whole full line of sets, you know, all the tactics cards and all that stuff. If you're not too worried about that, then it's actually just nice to be able to choose what you like and then to kind of dive deep into that. Original launch was essentially well, what I would call the launch window was the base box, Hulk, and Modok. Those were your choices for for a bit. It took a little bit before some more stuff started coming down the pipe. Hmm. Yep. Hmm. But uh, um, go ahead. Oh, but uh, yeah, like it's great that there's so much choices now because like maybe if I saw this game when it first started. And I saw that, like, oh, hey, here's some of the Avengers and the Hulk. I'd be like, all right, that's cool, but I'm not really a huge fan. Whereas now, you know, I, I have the criminal syndicate. I've got, like, Kingpin. Mm -hmm. I've got Bullseye. Mysterio's hanging out. And, 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 you know, j just being able to jump in with someone mm -hmm. who I would like more. True. It might have, yeah, it might have been easier to get in because you, you have something to attach yourself to. Like, I like 
blank model, not like, oh, here's 10 in the core set. Man, I better love them because that's what I got, you know? <laughs> um, did you did you get a account? I'm assuming, 70 something sounds about right, but I want to say it was like 80. Uh, okay, so 90 bases, 86 models. Oh my God. And by bases, I mean, like, that's counting the two from uh, Magneto and Mini Ant and Wasp is in the 90s. So 86 individual heroes, villains, names. You know, there, there's some people who have not enjoyed this lull in models we've gotten for a while. Honestly, I've kind of liked it because I need to catch up on stuff. And play some of it. That's the other thing. If you come out with, like four to six models a month if i'm not playing with four to six models x new a month then it don't matter you come out with all those things i don't know but mm -hmm. like, yeah let me play with what i got yeah that might be the uh multiple gamer in me though i kind of can't just play one game if i played one game yeah, that'd be fine but since i play multiple if you come out with too much stuff i'm just not going to get to it yeah yeah I mean, that's the other bit about uh, lull in models, productions, whatever else. Like Some people might not like it, but it gives you time to have your models grow into you and vice versa. Mm. I haven't said that. I Have they have they revealed anyone else for... Uh, what's Dormammu's faction? Uh, he is his faction. He Okay. The Dark Dimension, his leadership ability is... Everybody on your team is now Dark Dimension Faction, and you must use this leadership ability. Got it. Okay, I knew it was if he's in your army, you have to use it. I didn't realize it was if he's in your army, you count as the faction as well, and now you're using it. Oh, that makes him even better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can literally take any ragtag team you want and throw him in, and suddenly you have a cohesive faction. Yeah, the squad uh, uh, is affiliated so with Dark Dimension and must use the leadership ability. Ah, so what you're telling me is I have Dormammu and then just flood the board with two-point models. Got it. You might, for him being eight cost, yeah, that's probably about all you're going to be able to do. Even, even there, flooding the board. Typical points, let's call it 17. That's that's pretty typical in there. You're looking at nine points. Yeah. <laughs> let's see. He's not letting you flood anything. Plus, if you start getting too much power, if you're a two-point model, taking that one damage is going to kill you real yeah. fast ah but that but that's the risk you got to be willing to take all right rocket yeah. raccoon get in there oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see dormammu at eight yeah. uh angela and valkyrie at four each that puts you at 14 valkyrie valkyrie's three did they up her when they revised her oh i'm not sure if she's three then that puts us at eight nine ten eleven fifteen yeah, Valkyrie's uh, still three. And then so you're you 15, might... so th another three-pointer, or if you're playing a few more points, maybe two more models? Yeah. Like, I'm trying to figure out a way to rock Dormammu and, and as guardians. This way, all your models are getting three power a turn. That oh. sounds disgusting. <sighs> um, Loki can take stones, so you could always adjust points cost a little bit there with a stone on them or something like that. Mm, that's true. I mean, I don't know. Dormammu could be slumming it with Kingpin. And you know. Dormammu can go with oh, 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 shit. Dormammu, Dormammu is robbing this bank. Oh, shit. Cheese it. Oh, Loki can um, take mind and space. Uh, which faction is it that can uh, 
football pass uh, powers to each other. Powers? Um, so Inhumans can do that. And humans aren't cheap enough to be able to rock a bunch of humans with that because then you'd be able to get around his. If anybody has more than six power, they take a burn because then you can just, oh, this guy's getting close to six. I'm going to football this power over to Black Bolt. Well, so you couldn't do Black Bolt, but I mean, you could do some of the other ones because you have Crystal at three. You have um, the Goodest Boys at three as well. Uh, Medusa's four, but you got a couple of three pointers and a four. If you were playing like, if you were playing eighteen, you could actually run them. Oh, but you won't. Be, but here's the thing: you won't be able to pass the power because you are his affiliation. That's right. That's yeah. The leadership. So actually, so, yeah, because yeah, it's the leadership that does it. So, so I'm gonna go back to the Asgardians idea, though. So they all get three power. Yeah, get more power. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah that's what's a that's a pretty good. What? I mean, I say the word "good feeling." I don't know if it's actually a good feeling, but. <laughs> Eh, what's 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 an extra damage between Asgardians, huh? <laughs> I avoid NPEs, so if it ended up being something impressive, which I don't think it would be, I probably wouldn't run it on the regular unless I'm playing against somebody I know who's running something degenerate. <laughs> he don't get me wrong, he is he's quite good on paper. Look at him. I I I always get a better feel when I actually sit down, try a model, play a model. So mm. reading his stats, you know, I have feelings one way or the other about it. But for his points cost, I mean, he is legitimately half of half of your points, even in yeah. higher point totals. If you play the highest points at twenty, he's almost half of what you're bringing. He's got good stats, like fours, fours, and fives for his defenses. But you know, ten health, twelve health, you can still rock that down. Yeah. If you if you roll well and they roll poor, you could still rock them down pretty fast. You know, his hits, he could still have some power. You know, some issues and all. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hell, any focused amount of firepower and he'll fold because I've definitely gone out of my way to focus down a Hulk or She-Hulk. Yeah. I mean, he, he he's going to definitely be very dependent upon I mean, those dice rolls because he's sitting on the four, you know, base essentially four defense. But yeah, if you spike or if you get someone's real big hit in, you get like, um, you know, a beam from Black Bolt with his, his um his one ability that can add two dice to it, you can be hitting him with eleven dice. Yeah. If I roll eleven dice well, you are taking a lot of damage. Heck, you can uh up cost. You can trade for a higher cost model if you throw uh Valkyrie into him and rock off of Fang. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Having said that, though, looking at him, originally I wasn't going to get him. I might get him because he does. He also looks like he would be a lot of fun to paint up, sort of doing that sort of streaked armor look on him. Yeah. And uh, I think similar to Thanos, he comes with an ultimate encounter. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, he I mean, he has to by the look at him. He definitely has to come with something like that. Mm hmm. Uh, Which would be another good way for while I'm at the store and somebody's curious getting them in on it. I I think the ultimate, I mean, the ultimate encounters might be a lot of fun. I haven't tried them out. I like to try them out in a different time, kind of talk about them, go over them in some more detail and all. But um, I, I think it can be if you got several people and you don't want to run them versus each other, that can be a good way. You take the bad guy, they take some good guys, you know, and that way they can both, everyone can get a feel for the game, but it also feels lighter and it's easier there. You know, when you're running a demo, you should 
trying not to win or at least not win by much. Some Sometimes yeah. it's hard. Like you get dice rolls. If your dice go hot and theirs go cold, I'm probably going to beat you. And unfortunately, nothing I can do about that. But in yeah. this, in an ultimate encounter, you could more easily fudge not doing the best thing. Like I yeah. would walk that way and knock you out, but I only have one model. If I go this way, I can still do some cool stuff, but I know I'm leaving you some good avenues. And you guys have a lot of yeah. models, and that's cool. And you're going to love having tons of models, and you do tons of stuff. Yep. It's easier to uh, play the DM trying not to TPK the party. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and he drops Friday. Uh, I'll, have to, I'll, <laughs> I'll have to see where I'm going. I might be at. I'll probably try to go in. I'm going to probably try to go in Wednesday, uh. see if anyone's around the play. And then Friday, I might go play some Age of Sigmar at Maplewood. And we'll see where I end up later in the night. Oh, and then I think we're actually starting our Marvel Champions campaign. So actually, I probably won't be in. So I can I can delay. Ooh, ooh I'll be there Wednesday. Hmm? I'll be there Wednesday. Cool. Like I said, that, that, it works out well for me. Currently, it's still one of the nights I have off. So my plan, I couldn't go last week because I was too busy. This week, I, I'm busy, but I'm just going to do it anyway. <laughs> I might be there Wednesday. And I believe tomorrow, my Black Bolt Medusa and the game mat I ordered will be coming in to me, which means oh, nice. for Wednesday, if we do take pictures, it doesn't have to be our objects are floating in X-Wing space. Yeah. That is the thing. I got to get better out taking pictures and posting pictures and all that kind of stuff because I want to do that. I just don't always remember. I remember like when the game's done. Mm. Um, uh, that's also why I got to paint, paint them up so they look better for pictures. They do. That, honestly that's the reason why i only bring my painted models and i only play with painted models i could if someone else doesn't that is fine i i give no no ill will towards people that don't i do it because it forces me to paint more and it just it looks nicer but it forces me to paint if i didn't i probably would have very little painted that's another plus for this game to me i've been playing 40k and all that for a long time 40k i have too many armies I need to get rid of them just so I could, you know, walk around my house without stubbing my toe on an orc skull. But um, in 40k, my orcs, I get sick of painting my 300th orc boy. Or in my Sisters of Battle, my 89th uh, standard battle sister, it's the mm. same color palette. It's the same. It's at least in Marvel, if I get bored, let me pick up Captain America. Let's paint some red, white, and blue. Oh, I'm sick yeah. of that now. Let me pick up Groot nature tones and earth all the way i'm sick of that too let's paint somebody in pure white let's get kingpin or old school vision or moon knight like there's mm -hmm. difference there's change there's difference in style color palettes everything it's you're not you're not assembly lining out the same exact no. model tens hundreds of times I, I i do i think that's what i like about it so much in terms of the painting is so I, I, I've been painting out my Age of Sigmar. I just painted recently, I don't know, maybe within the last month or so, 20 Hobgrots. And they weren't that bad. I used contrast paints and stuff like that. I, it worked out pretty well, but it is painting 20 models. And I'm painting 20 of very similar models over and over again. Where now I go to Marvel Chris Protocol, I'm, I'm mostly done with Beast. He's an individual. I get to do very different schemes, very different styles, very different techniques. And when I'm done with him, I put him off to the side and I go grab something else and paint an entirely different looking thing. Mm -hmm. I went through my paint collection the other day just because it's been forever since I've put paint on a model. Mm -hmm. And I realized I still have seven pots 
of snot green for orc skin. <laughs> like, oh god, I'm so sick of this color. <laughs> I think somewhere around here, I'm looking. So, I record from my computer. I have my giant ultra wide screen, and I have a bunch of paints in front of me because I paint from back here. If I'm not in the front with the wife, and somewhere here, if I looked enough, I have one of the original um orc flesh tone washes that they have hmm. i have like a half a bottle of it someone gave it to me years ago when they went out of print like i don't know however long ago that was and it actually is still good a bunch of my old paints are all crap now but that actually held up um this this was surprising to pretty much no one when i found out but the most of my paints that dried out happen to have been C Citadel or GW. Of course Most are. of my paints that are still perfectly fine are Privateer Press. And just like everybody else, you were completely not shocked that it was my GW paints that crapped no, out on me. Because <laughs> paint pots is the worst idea ever. Oh, all of my Army Painter and my Vallejo and my Reaper that were in squeeze bottles? Perfectly fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the... I, I think GW does very good tones. I do like all of that. But I've started switching over to the Scale 75 line. Because one, I, I do like their paints a little bit more. Um, base level coats aren't quite as good if you do it on a white, but I mostly work on grays, so it works fine. The paints hold up just fine. I've had no problems with anything drying out. And they blend um, very easily. So I don't need to have a base and a layer and this, that, and the other thing. But I still do GW washes. And, and some mm -hmm. army painter washes. Yeah. I'm curious to try out their um their contrast line. Uh oh, what's it called? Uh Army Painter's doing their own contrast paint line. Oh really? Yeah. Um they uh speed paint is what they call it. Okay. Yeah, I'd be curious yeah. to try it out too, because honestly, contrast paints if you're assembly lining a ton of models makes it a lot easier and you'd barely tell because there's literally a hundred other models done the exact same way next to it. Yeah. Um, they show some of it. Um, yeah, they talked about it the, uh, the other day, a lot of, a lot of people who have like more of blogs or shows related to painting, got copies of them in and they're actually I'm, I'm thumbing through it now off of spiky bits and they, they, he, they show it with some MCP models and all and they, they have a good look to them. They really do. Um, I don't know when they're out. Are they out now? I'm checking around. Take a look. Yeah, I'm trying to see now. I don't remember if they are or not. But they, they, they only revealed it shortly ago that they were doing it. So I'm not sure when. It might be out now or, or, or hopefully soon. But... I'm interested to to try out a few of theirs and see because the GW ones I like, but they might have some tones that GW is lacking, which would be uh, should be nice. Let me see. Um, as far as I can tell, the official estimated release date is February two thousand twenty-two. Okay, so it comes out February. Okay, good. That gives me time then. Mm -hmm. Um, that should coincide with. Gambit, Rogue, Magic, Colossus, and Juggernaut. Okay. Very nice. So that's... Do they have it? And they have some air stuff? Yeah, 
No, I'm, I'm interested to see when it actually comes out. I know that, like I said, I know they've been some painters and all in it. It looks kind of like GW Contrast. I'm sure it behaves maybe a little bit differently. I haven't looked enough into it, but that'd be nice. I, I have yet to do any Contrast on MCP stuff, but I wouldn't mind trying that on some of these models. Um, I am a big fan of Army Painter in general. For example, mm. their metallics. I like their metallics so much better than GW's. Agreed. In GW's, you can see the glitter. Yeah, you can. Uh, the Army Painter, my all the different shades of metal I have from Army Painter, it just looks metallic. Although the, the, I know you're a huge non-metallic metal guy. <laughs> uh, only for this game. For this oh, game, really? I do non-metallic metals. Um, just because I don't... I personally don't like the look of metals on these models. So something about it, just for whatever reason, when I paint it, I don't want to do that. But no, from like my GW stuff, no, it's all metal paints. I use all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't do non-metallic. If I got to paint 20 Hobgrots, I'm not doing non-metallic metal on their weapons. Not a chance. <laughs> I'm not good enough at it or fast enough to care to do it that much. No. I use um I use some of the scale 75s now because I do like their, uh, their paints. are Their metal tones are very much the same. Do you get the metal look without almost seeing the shavings? And they, um, if I find GW's issue is flow, like the, um, a, a lot of their metals don't have a very good flow to them. They're very sticky. Mm, yeah. Where the other ones have a much nicer and smoother flow. They're almost, they're like a little bit thicker than the Vallejo air metals. So they can flow. They'll stick where you want, but they'll flow nicely, and they don't feel like you're gunking up your brush to try and put it on. And they yeah. don't dry out horribly or, or misbehave like my Runefang Steel. I think I've had two or three of those dry out on me and become a giant clumpy husk. Mm. Oh, yeah. Also, I see you just... I see you posted up the, the Deadpool. That's what I was looking at. Yeah, he... That actually looks... He looks I think, great. exceptionally good. Yeah. You know, and I guess it's those, what, seven paints behind him. So a couple, essentially, they're speed paints, a little bit for the metal, and you're set. Like, that's a really great model that probably wouldn't take, you know, more than an hour to do. Yeah. Um, my friend handed me an orc that he painted completely in contrast. It took mm -hmm. him about 25 minutes. It's not bad. Okay, if you got to paint tons of things, contrast is the way to go. That's why I'm doing it for my Age of Sigmar stuff, because... I, I don't, not that I don't care about it, but I, I'd rather get them painted, get them looking nice, than spending the level of time. I'll spend that time on MCP. I'll spend that time on heroes, things that really stand out. If I got 20 gut rippers there, you're not going to be looking like, wait, I mean, let's take a look at that guy. Like, oh, there's not enough highlighting on his shoulders. Like, they don't care. Oh, yeah. That's something I discovered when I was playing orcs. One model might look wonky, but next to his other 29 in his unit and the other 100 on the table, you wouldn't even notice. No. Absolutely. All right, maybe we'll, maybe we'll start winding down. Let's end with one, one last question for the night. What model do you want to see come out the most? And they don't even have to have announced it. Okay. If you if you could decide what model comes out next, what model are you picking? Yep, I already got mine, but I will mm -hmm. gladly defer. Howard, if you want to go first. I mean I mentioned oh, it earlier. I mentioned it yeah. earlier, but I'll say it again. <laughs> wait, wait, waiting for my Howard the Duck and Man thing box. <laughs> you know, I, I, I thought of the question, because I think I think it's a good interesting question. And I don't know if I had an answer, but now I 
I kind of do want it to be Howard the Duck. I'm not going to lie. I kind of do yes. want Yes! <laughs> I, I would want to see how scale-wise, I'd want to see the way they would do it. I'd want to see what tactical rock is he standing on? How big is that rock? He should be... Because I would want him on the edge of like a like a little cliff or precipice with some water underneath him. You could do some really nice water effects, like he's about to go for a swim. Yeah, I'm going Howard the Duck as well. Okay. Yes. All right. Ray, save uh, us here. Give us something right. that ain't Howard the Duck. Give us some hope. <laughs> I've said this one for a couple of weeks now. It's going to be one of two. And part of it is I was a huge fan in the old arcades of the Marvel versus Capcom series. It took a lot of my money every Friday. Oh yeah. And when I wasn't doing that, like most other arcade mall rats, it was either that DDR or initial D or maybe cruising USA. But mm -hmm. I would love to see Uh, to a lesser extent, as a giant model, on par with like what we'd imagine a Sentinel would be in this game. Give me those Apocalypse or Onslaught. And that scale, so scale wise, so they're having, I mean, you'd have to put them scale five, and you'd have to just say, like, this model, you know, like he's just this size now. So I'm, I'm looking up, I just looked up Onslaught. Apparently, his height is variable, he's apparently typically 10 feet tall. Weighing 900 pounds. So you're, yeah, you're talking, you know, super chunky Dormammu size here. Yeah. I love, oh, man, those shoulders. That would be pretty fun <laughs> to paint those shoulders. Yeah, right? That would be pretty good. And then for Apocalypse, you could have him as another size changer because he was. Mm. But, That's a great way like, to put two models in that box. And if you add Apocalypse, that means you get Horseman version of various superheroes. Like, you could get Archangel, or the Horseman Wolverine, or a Psylocke, mm. or things like that. I have, I have no doubt in my mind that they will get to Apocalypse. He might be a while off, but I have no doubt they'll get to him. And I think that is a really good idea that they go with multiple sizes. Give a normal size, give a big size. That way you don't have to do like, and then you don't give them the crazy base because like Thanos had Thanos had a ridiculous throne base that you're never going to use. Give me two different size models. Give me the normal size and give me the giant size. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, um, I think we'll we'll end up calling it there for the night. So I want to start by thanking anyone for, everyone for listening. Um, if you have questions or any thoughts like that, um, please feel free to reach out through the email trainkickersnj at gmail.com. Um, I will post in the show notes, show notes the um, Discord link as well for Red Seal Gaming, where we're playing this particular game. Um, the hope is um, about every other week to be able to sit down with whoever's available to discuss this game as we, you know, get more into it, get more people in the store into it, and kind of see the community go from there. So on behalf of everyone, I want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll see you next time.